Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Who knew Granny could be so evil and entitled? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, Deadbeat Mom decides to make demands for me. My childhood was an absolute crap show that I'm still dealing with the ramifications from today. My parents divorced when I was barely two years old. My father was very abusive and was in and out of jail and homelessness my whole life. When I was six, my mom, who was a once a month on the weekends parent, she never showed up to the custody hearings, so the judge gave custody to my abusive dad, decided she couldn't be a mother anymore, married another man, moved states, and had another child that she loved enough to raise. I only saw my bio mother about five times in my entire childhood. I was raised by my abusive father and grandma until he OD'd when I was 17. My mom didn't want to go to the courts to get custody, and neither did my grandma since I was a senior in high school. So CPS decided to just let me keep living with my grandma until I graduated. So I became a legal orphan. I was able to go to college for free due to being an orphan and being in poverty. I eventually joined the military, moved out of my crap hole state, got married and have been living a great life ever since. I went about 7 years without speaking with my bio mom on the phone or in person. Randomly about 2 years ago when I went back to my home state to visit my dad's side of the family, I hadn't seen them in over 3 years. I avoid going home often because everyone but me are either druggies or living in poverty, so they're always harassing my husband and I for money, favors, etc., while also yelling at me for having the audacity to fight my way out of poverty and make a life for myself. She called me and apparently moved back to my home state with my half-sister several years ago, and I had no idea. She begged me to meet her in person where she then spent two hours sobbing about how sorry she is for abandoning me to my abusive father and how she regrets it every day. I tentatively agreed to forgive her and slowly build a relationship. She was happy with her at first, but is now upset that I treat her now as some distant aunt instead of having a mother-daughter relationship. To be honest, we'll never have a mother-daughter relationship. If she wanted one, she should have raised me. Anyway, my half-sister also decided to reach out to me and create a relationship. We talk all the time and have become close. The last time I went home to visit, we went out to eat, and she asked me what the plan was for mom once she gets too old to take care of herself. I said whatever she decides to do, I'll emotionally support her for her decision. She asked what I meant, and I said I have zero plans to financially or physically help my mother in any way. She didn't raise me. She doesn't get the joy of having her oldest daughter take care of her in her old age. My half-sister was very upset with me and ran and told my mom, who then decided to start blowing up my phone, saying that she apologized and is trying. But that doesn't mean I can abandon her in her time of need. I just laughed and hung up the phone. My husband freaking hates her and only puts up with her at all because of me. I don't know where this audacity is coming from. I don't know her and she doesn't know me, but because I have more money and no kids, she thinks I should be the one to house and help her. Nope, not happening. 
It's so incredibly rich of her to hit OP up and be like, You can't just abandon me in my time of need. As if that isn't exactly what they did to OP for the entirety of OP's youth and adolescence. I mean, honestly, that reply there, I think is enough to just cut them off and be like, maybe this was just a big mistake. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you can't get enough of hearing about these entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, parents threw me out as a child and then expected everything from me when my grandparents died. My friend who helped me set up this account has repeatedly asked me to post this story since I mentioned in my HOA post about how my parents hated me and only loved my sister, so I may as well tell it. I was born when my mother and father were only 17. It forced both of my parents to drop out of high school and each get a GED so they could find work right away. My father especially was not happy about this because he had dreams of playing football in college, and instead he had to work at a gas station. He said to my face many times that I ruined his dream. My mother hardly raised me at all, she had to work too. They had a cranky old lady next door that watched me most of the time. She wasn't so bad. She gave me more attention than my parents did. My father eventually managed to land a better job as a manager due to his experience running the gas station. It was right after that that my mom got pregnant with my sister. I was six when she was born. I wasn't exactly shown much love before that, but once my sister came along, it was made pretty obvious to even my six-year-old self that I was unwanted. The only ones who seemed to care were my paternal grandparents and somewhat my babysitter, and they were more like my parents because they treated me the way a little kid needed to be loved. We lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and as my sister got older, it went from me sharing a bedroom with her to me kicked out of the room entirely. I slept on the couch for two years, and I barely had anything to my name other than clothes, school supplies, and an old Game Boy. When I was 10, my parents decided they were going to move away, but this move did not include me. I ended up actually being fine with this, as my grandparents had agreed to take me in. My life was instantly better. I got my own room again, and my grandparents gifted me a brand new N64 in 1996. That Christmas I got a Game Boy Pocket too, and there were a couple of other kids my age in the neighborhood I got to hang out with. We rode bikes, played video games, shot cans with pellet guns, built forts, and got dirty playing in the creek. You know, stuff a normal kid would enjoy. I was finally happy. As time went on, I grew up and eventually moved out, but later moved back in to help my grandparents' house as they were getting old and living off their retirement savings. So some rent money for me went a long way in paying the bills. My grandpa was the kind of person who'd wanted to build a bomb shelter during the Cold War, but never got around to it. He wanted to volunteer for the military in the 60s, but was turned down due to a medical condition and the fact that his eyesight was not so great. So he focused on saving whatever he thought he needed. He told me many times it was better to have something and not need it, than need it and not have it. Our area suffered from numerous power outages in the winter due to heavy winds and storms. So having gasoline and propane for heaters and generators was a must. All these saving habits became my own as time went on, because it was better to need this stuff rarely than not have it at all. Of course, there was the HOA bothering us, but that's its other story. The problem is, about five years back, my grandma died suddenly, and my grandpa was heartbroken. He also went about a year and a half later. 
pretty much everything they owned was willed to me. Their savings, their house, their vehicles, their stuff, everything. The house was long paid off, and Grandpa knew how to keep up with its maintenance. In fact, after Grandma died, he kind of doubled down on renovating the place. He had the roof redone, the house was repainted by us inside and out, and we fixed a lot of little things. Grandpa's neighbor George even came by to help redo the plumbing. Ironically, the HOA was rather happy with these changes because the house didn't look run down anymore. One morning I was fixing breakfast and my grandpa never came downstairs. You couldn't keep the man from his bacon. So I went to check on him and he wasn't moving. I called 911 and the paramedics came, only to tell me he'd passed in his sleep. My parents made grandpa's funeral a crap show. They didn't bother to show up for grandma's, they were too busy. And at grandpa's funeral, they didn't seem to grieve at all. My sister also showed up wearing a brightly colored designer dress, which I wasn't happy about as it was a church clothes only function. I noticed my parents repeatedly whispering to each other and glaring at me whenever I looked at them. Come to find out at the will reading that my parents knew that they'd been disinherited long ago for their treatment of me, and they thought it extremely unfair I got everything. They threatened to sue me to contest the will, and I got repeated calls and messages from my father, mother, and sister telling me I needed to do the right thing and give my father what was supposed to be his. I told them all to flake off in far more unsavory words. My parents ended up taking me to court to challenge the will, but the judge ruled in my favor after seeing the will and hearing us both out, so it wasn't a long, drawn-out legal battle. The judge even looked at my parents with absolute disgust after seeing the will and hearing about their mistreatment of me in my childhood. He called my father a terrible parent and that my grandparents were right to disown him. My father just hung his head in silence, but he made sure to stop me outside the courtroom and tell me that I was always the biggest mistake of his life and that if he could go back in time, he'd make sure I never existed. He should have been a football star. And instead, he has to wear a name tag for a 9 to 5. I told him that mistake or not, grandma and grandpa could see what kind of nasty person he was. I didn't ask to be born, and the only real love I ever got was from my grandparents. And he was no father of mine anymore. I got a few more threatening and harassing phone calls, as well as some letters from my parents, all demanding money among other things. But over time, they just stopped because I completely stonewalled them. Never responded to the emails or letters and I stayed silent during the phone calls. A few times I just left the phone sitting on the counter with them, ranting until they realized I wasn't listening. Aside from not getting the house or money, my parents seemed particularly irked that they couldn't even get a rise out of me. But I was prepared to go to war against them and they knew it. So in the end they just left me alone. From what I know, looking at Facebook the past decade, my sister tried to get into modeling, got married, had two kids, got divorced, and is currently unhappy working a job she feels is beneath her. My mother currently works retail and is also vocal about her disdain of it. Like my father, she peaked in high school. She was a cheerleader back then and even had her old uniform framed on the wall. My father pretty much had the same job for 25 years. He must be good at it if he's still doing it. As for me, well, I'm in my late 30s now and I live pretty much debt-free in a nice neighborhood. I haven't really had a girlfriend since high school and I've had little motivation to ever have another relationship. But loneliness gets to everyone, so maybe I'll try to find someone soon.
Not many are in the financial position I am in my age. Single, paid off house, two vehicles and a decent amount in the bank. I guess I could aim to be a stepfather. That might be more my speed. I would just say if you're lonely and you're wanting connection and you want somebody to be there with you, that's understandable but you shouldn't feel like you have to go out and find somebody. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong living a single life if you're totally content that way. As long as mentally and physically you're healthy and things are good, find some friends, involve yourself in whatever hobbies you enjoy. I think if that's all you need, that's awesome. Our next story is life insurance, mom is beneficiary. So long story short, my toxic mom who was very manipulative and gaslights me very often, has stolen most of my savings that I received from my father. The first thing she did was when I signed up for the first time of a checking account when I was 14. I would receive allowance from my father and save up most of it and put it in my checking account. I gave it to my mom because she said she'll put it on my card. So at the time I always carried cash on my wallet and my student bus pass. I remember the first time I saw the bank statement under my name and opened it. I saw a bunch of purchases that I was not familiar with. I asked her about it and it's all the blah blah blah, I'm your mother, be grateful. The second time she did it was when I received $5,000 from my grandmother when she passed away. She told me it's supposed to be hers because she was the child and I'm just the grandchild. The third was when I saved up money from school. She asked if I could help her friend by lending some money for her friend's house renovation. A few months later, I asked her friend about the money and her friend told me that he'd already returned the money and thanked me for the help. He said I should have reached out to her. I asked my mom about it and it's the same thing, I'm your mother, blah blah blah. The fourth time was when I decided to trust her and lend her my credit card and she and I had an agreement that it's only essentials like groceries since I'm the one paying it, not her. A few months later, I checked my statement and I saw a purchase of a plane ticket. I asked her about it and she said, My cousins are asking for some assistance and you should be helping out your relatives. She then added, By the time you're old, who will take care of you? Luckily, COVID hit and all travel purchases are getting refunded. I asked her when she can call the company regarding the process. She said I should call them myself since it's my card and my name's on it. The fifth time is when she kicked me out while I was on school and I was about to complete my first year in culinary. I wasn't able to gather my things with my friends who's helping me because she said she doesn't trust any of them because it's COVID. When all of my friends, including me, had already had the first shot of vaccine and she didn't. I moved to a different province and she demanded that I give 100 a month to support her. During that, I was with her. Mom also got mad when I took the Wi-Fi box because she won't have Wi-Fi and I was the one paying for it. She made me sign up for a life insurance because she said it's a good thing to have. I'm 19 years old, no kids, have a debt of 500 on my credit card. I pay 26 a month on life insurance and she's my beneficiary. Is it worth it? Honestly, it's kind of concerning that she would say, get a life insurance, make me, your mother, your beneficiary. Unless you have somebody else, you would be happy making the beneficiary because $26 a month isn't that bad. Unless there's that, I would go and immediately cancel it without mentioning it to anybody and after it's cancelled, make it well known that you did cancel it. I mean, to me, this just sounds like a developing story of a Forensic Files episode. This next story is, Karen lets her kids wake everyone up at 2am. So I've just come back from a coach trip from the UK to Disneyland Paris. 
It was a wonderful trip, apart from one family who decided they could do whatever. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever they wanted with no consequence. To set the scene, me and my two friends have just arrived at the bus stop and are waiting for the coach. In front of us is a family of four adults and three children, a young girl around the age of 10, a boy also around the age of 10, and a teenage boy. All three are sat on the floor and are attempting to play a card game. However, the girl's screaming at the top of her lungs telling the other kids how to play the game. The adults tried to intervene once, got sworn at by the child, and then gave up. Me and my friend exchanged glances before resorting to sending each other memes, silently voicing our discontent. Luckily, we were seated at the front of the coach, and the family were at the back. We could still hear the girl yelling all the way, but we let it slide because, hey, we're going to Disneyland and they're probably just excited. We went on to have a wonderful couple of days in Disneyland, completely forgetting that this family even existed, until it was time to come home. You see, dear reader, we are broke, so we had booked a coach that left Disney at 8pm, arriving back in London at 4.30am. It's a given that he'd want to sleep on the coach. Well, as we waited for our coach to come and collect us, there we were reminded of that child's piercing screams and shrieks as she ran around the car park and in front of cars whilst the adults once again did nothing. My friends and I exchanged worried glances but it was only the beginning. Once on the coach, people started pulling out neck pillows and blankets, ready to attempt to sleep, but not that family. They talked loudly about their trip and complained that the coach driver hadn't put the radio on for us. People were already grumbling, but the family paid them no mind. When we reached Calais, it got worse. The driver asked for a volunteer to collect everyone's passports and bring them to the front, One of the adults and the girl's mother volunteered and had to sit at the front with the driver whilst sorting the passports. Well, the child decided that was an invitation to run up and down the aisle between her parents, before loudly demanding that her mother sing happy birthday in Welsh. This was at midnight. After border control had checked our passports, the mother decided to hand some of them to her children, but that wasn't good enough for the little girl who kept screaming at her mother to give her more. Apparently, no was not a word she could understand, and she simply kept screaming. Even when people stated they were not comfortable with children handling their passports, the kids still got to hand them out. And then we finally boarded the ferry at 1.35am, ready for a quiet crossing. We were wrong. Initially, my friends and I had sat in an area with a kids' play area, 
We quickly realized and relocated to a quieter area of the ship so we could try and grab some sleep. People around us were sprawled out on benches with blankets over their heads and mothers had sleeping children in their laps. We found a quiet corner and started to doze off. Then we heard it. That same piercing shrieking all from that girl. They were running up and down the length of the ship, shouting and shrieking as they went. People were being startled awake every single time they went by. Other children were beginning to cry because they were tired. The teenage boy was literally winding up the younger two, making them shout even more. The adults of the group were absolutely nowhere to be seen. Eventually, I snapped. After a particularly piercing shriek, I yelled, Quiet, please! It's 2 o'clock in the morning and people are trying to sleep! Several other murmurs of agreement surrounded me. They went silent, looked at me, and ran off. I knew what was coming. We all knew. In marched one of the adults, not the mother, just another one of the adults. What did you say to the kids, she demanded, loudly of course. I said, quiet please, there are people trying to sleep. I gestured to the people groggily emerging from their blankets to see what the commotion was. If you've got a problem, speak to an adult. Don't shout at kids. I said, well, where were you? Down there, she points. They were at the opposite end of the ship. I said, so why weren't you with them? They said, they're hyper. Kids are gonna be hyper. I said again, it's two o'clock in the morning and people are trying to sleep. You should have come talk to us. How was I supposed to know who you were or where you'd be? They said, whatever, just don't shout at kids. And then they left. Was it the end? Oh no, they continued their shrieking and running. When we attempted to find the adults, as they had requested, they had moved and were nowhere to be found again. The girl also tried to stare me out a couple of times. I think she was trying to intimidate me, which is laughable. Eventually, the ferry trip came to an end and I waited until the last possible second to get back on the coach so that they wouldn't have to walk past me. I was thanked several times by fellow ferry passengers in both French and English for my attempts to shut those kids the heck up. I do wonder how much of a problem it would have been if I woke their kids up at 2am. Oh, OP knows for certain if they were trying to sleep and you did the same thing to them, they would probably tear your head off. Come on, it takes a village, kids are hyper. Our next story is, stop pressing the button. I was on the bus a few weeks back, leaving work and going home, and on the bus was two girls, maybe 12 or 13, sprawled out on opposite seats, looking like absolute trouble. I paid them no mind and sat in a free seat behind them, put my earphones in, and started daydreaming out the window. Within five minutes, I realized why the girls looked like absolute trouble. For the next three stops, they would press the stop button. Obviously, the bus would then stop, Nobody would get off. It was annoying. I had just finished work. I wanted to go home. Not only that, but imagine how irritated the bus driver must feel. So when they did it for the fourth time, I pulled out my earphone and said to the girl in front of me, Is this your stop? She immediately looked startled that she'd been caught out. No. Then stop pressing the button. It's annoying. I was then confronted by their mother. It's not your job to tell them off. Try talking to the parents first. I'm not an angry person, but the utter rage I felt was unreal. Maybe if you did your job as the parent, strangers wouldn't have to intervene. Oh my god, she didn't like that. 
She went utter bad poop over being called out on her crap parenting. Luckily, a few other passengers agreed and stuck up for me, forcing the mother to shut up. The mother and her girls then got off the bus like six stops later. Had I even known that she was the parent, I would have said something to her first. But she was practically ignoring the girls and playing on her phone the entire bus ride. Honestly, the cheek of some people. This is two stories in a row now where the parents go, you should speak to their parents first. When you have no clue who the kids are, who their parents are, like as if they're walking around with a big old name tag like a, I'm with these kids with an arrow pointing to its shirt on. Our next story is, we've been waiting here for three hours. Did you have an appointment? Uh... Back when I was a high school freshman, me and my mom went to the doctor's office to discuss how to treat my recently diagnosed acid reflux. Me and my mom were in the actual office waiting for the doctor to come in to talk to us. Everything was going well, though it was taking a bit of time for the doctor to show up, until we started to hear the sound of raised voices. Being the noisy people we are, we listened. It was a disgruntled father who was berating a nurse about how he and his daughter have been waiting to be seen for three hours now. If he had an appointment, this anger would be understandable, but apparently his poor daughter had gotten sick at school, and the father had taken his daughter to be seen that day with no prior appointment. I get being frustrated, but there isn't much the nurse can do. Doctor's offices are busy, and if you don't have an appointment, you're gonna be waiting a while. This father was yelling at the nurse, repeating the words, we've been waiting for three hours over and over. He also said, I shouldn't even be billed for this visit. The nurse tried to talk to the girl and asked her if she wanted graham crackers, to which the poor girl tearfully, either due to her sickness or the absolutely appalling display her father was putting on, said that she just wanted to go home. During the whole thing, me and my mom were looking at each other with wide eyes. At one point, the father even loudly said, This crap is freaking R-worded. Eventually, the doctor, a different doctor than who I was scheduled to see, came to de-escalate the situation. The father seemed to calm down a bit and told them that his priority is just to get his daughter treated and taken home. After that, everything calmed down. I got my appointment done and took my leave. That was back in 2017 and I still remember it vividly. That was one of the worst temper tantrums I've ever seen even though I didn't technically see it since the door was closed, and it came from a fully grown adult with a kid. My father works in pediatrics and even he hasn't seen such childish behavior. Don't get me wrong, I get that he was likely stressed out due to the situation, but that doesn't give him license to verbally abuse a nurse who can't do much. If I was the doctor and I saw that man verbally abusing that nurse, he would have left the office at the end of my shoe. Honestly, the person I feel the second worst for, the first being that poor nurse, is the daughter. She had just gotten sick, had to wait three hours to be seen, again, it takes a while to be seen without an appointment, but it's still far from ideal, and then had to witness her father go on a massive temper tantrum due to not getting his way. Sir, I'm fairly certain that your sick daughter is suffering more than you are. This 100% is a memory that is formed in the kid's life that they will remember forever. You can't help but just feel bad for them. This next story is manipulative grandma. My grandma and I are in one of our many fights, although this fight just means her mad at me and me ignoring her texts. I was telling my sister who's out of the country about the latest drama and she said, I feel like there's always drama with you two. It's so true and I'm so tired. It's getting to the point where I'm starting to wonder, 
Am I the issue? Why am I the only one in the family that won't put up with her crap? I know I'm the only one ever in a fight with her because I'm the only one that won't put up with her crap, but why? Is it me? But I know it's not. One of my best examples is last year, when my grandma essentially ruined my hospital stay and early postpartum after I gave birth to my son. My husband wasn't able to be there for the actual C-section, and I explicitly told my entire family we did not want visitors, and for my husband to meet his son first. I wasn't even out of the recovery room yet. I didn't know what my final room number was, and still couldn't even feel my legs when I was being wheeled down a hallway and we turned a corner and there was my grandma. She had somehow gotten what would soon to be my room number and made herself at home. I absolutely lost my cool and threw her out. She left hysterically sobbing in front of everyone. She spent the next three weeks refusing to talk to me, refusing to apologize, and somehow getting the rest of the family to hound me daily, fresh out of a C-section, to be the one to call her and apologize. Here we are a year later and I'm 33 weeks pregnant and expecting another child. This will be three under three for me. I only say that to give me some background that I already don't have a lot of time. On top of that, I'm very antisocial. I'm very introverted. Everyone in my life knows this about me. Legitimately, my dream is to live on 20 acres in the middle of nowhere and not speak to anybody until I have to go into town once a week to run errands. My ideal is talking to someone about once a month. Usually around the month mark, I think, oh hey, I should probably call so-and-so. And then within the next two weeks or so, I actually call. If people call and reach out to me sooner, I always answer. Everyone knows this. My dad hasn't heard from me in a few weeks and sent me a text yesterday saying, Hey babe, I'd love to see you and the kids this weekend. Let me know if there's a day that works for you. I immediately answered and it was all easy peasy. My grandma? I received a text from her last week saying, I promised myself I wouldn't reach out to you to see how long it took to hear from you, but clearly I'm never going to hear from you. I've been sitting at home crying over this for weeks and so upset. Yada yada yada. Ultimately, I get it. Her feelings are valid, and being hurt that someone she wants to talk to weekly doesn't feel the same about her, I also think I could be better about reaching out to people. But what I don't mess with is this game playing and test of my love that she's at home apparently crying over every day. Instead of just reaching out, she sends this text. She could have called or texted me at any point in that entire time frame that she was thinking about this. I don't have time to put up with this BS to be frank. If you're someone that's sitting at home every week thinking about reaching out to me and creating these rules and games that I don't know you're playing, not okay. You know I'm already not social and burnt out, 33 weeks pregnant with a 1 and 2 year old, but I'll happily answer and talk to you if you freaking reach out. Why do I need to be the one to change my entire personality when we can use both of our personalities to our benefit? I feel like at the end of the day, this isn't a huge thing, but it's so many instances like this built to the point where I'm about to boil over. She does this all the time. And as always, she then calls every other family member hysterically crying about it. So then I get calls from all of them telling me to reach out to my grandma because she's waiting for me, rather than her just reaching out to me. It's all so childish and I just don't have the patience or energy to deal with it. But again, I'm starting to convince myself I am the issue. 
You convincing yourself that you are the issue is exactly what game they're playing. They're trying to make you feel bad, they're trying to make you feel remorseful for something that you don't have to have any remorse over. You didn't do wrong here. This is all their manipulative game as OP pointed out in the title of this story. I hope they can find out a way to navigate that without having too much stress. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.